Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week we discuss issues including disability and race. This week, an interim report finds that black people are still being harmed by the effects of slavery. The California Reparations Task Force details the damage from 400 years of discrimination in the Golden State and at the national level. It finds that every aspect of African-American life, from housing to education to health, has been affected. Task Force Chair Camila Moore joins us with details. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. White supremacy as a system um, aided and abetted by the United States government um, and the state of California, right, has, um, as we characterize it in this report, perpetuated the badges and incidents of slavery, um, which has been weaponized against a particular group of people. And in this report, we outline that group of people being the African-American community or the American freedmen community, the descendants of those freed African slaves by virtue of the 13th Amendment and their descendants who became citizens um, in 1868 by virtue of the 14th Amendment. But yet, you know, despite achieving citizenship, right, um, our citizenship rights as African-Americans have not been fully recognized. And so that is what this report details at length. Uh, this report has 13 chapters and it breaks down some pretty major findings involving everything from segregation to education, housing. Talk to me about some of the details of those three things. For instance, for housing, right, there's a California and national breakdown that talks about the state of California and the nation's uh, role in perpetuating harms against the African-American community via housing. So in the housing discrimination chapter, of course, you're going to see about how redlining was weaponized against the African-American community, how governmental policies like eminent domain and disproportionate use of eminent domain against the African-American community has resulted in harm. But there's also in that section uh, reports about how white supremacist terror has worked to um, reduce the rates of home ownership in the state of California, as we've noted in, in the report, instances of, you know, the KKK and other white supremacists literally running African-Americans out of their land in the state of California. Also, in terms of education, you know, we talk about the education outcomes of the African-American community, right? And we also take a historic uh, viewpoint from that understanding that our ancestors as African Americans were punished and sometimes even killed um, for wanting to exercise their human right to education. So the report contemplates, you know, what does reparations look like 
for those descendants, you know, whose ancestors were denied um, um, the human rights to education and, and the lingering effects of that denial on that group. And so in terms of preliminary recommendations, we even recommend you know, the California state legislature, you know, enacts a policy that will give uh, Black Americans descended of chattel slavery free education, free tuition at public uh, California universities. So those are just some of the few uh, recommendations and findings on those areas. I want to ask you, because I want our listeners to be clear about this, because this report is about California, but it also puts us, shines a spotlight on what's been happening federally across the nation. Yes, absolutely. So this report is first and foremost um, about California's role um, in maintaining, you know, the institution of slavery, which a lot of people don't know about. Yes, California entered the Union as a free state in 1850, but it was only a name because um, Black Americans could still be enslaved in the state of California and Black Americans' citizenship rights when they were free were not respected. Right. And so, uh, yes, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to come back to that slavery point in one second. But I've got to ask you personally, in the process of working on this report, and you have used the word weaponized several times, did this make you angry or surprise you in any way, the findings? Yeah, I mean... You know, as a descendant of American chattel slavery myself, you know, as a descendant of sharecroppers, um, you know, I call my ancestors, you know, internal refugees. You know, they fled the deep south fleeing racial terror to come to California, Los Angeles in particular, um, to only meet Jim Crow again, as I said, because, you know, California wasn't as free as people people think it is. And so in reading the report, you know, as a descendant, you know, I felt a range of emotions. So not necessarily just anger, you know, sadness, grief, um, because, you know, my ancestors, uh, my grandmother, my great grandmother who were sharecroppers are not alive today. So it would have been great for them to, you know, hear about this report and, and benefit from what's coming soon in terms of reparation. So to answer your question, you know, it's been a range of emotions from, you know, happiness, joy to grief, to anger, to sadness. But it's been a very cathartic process. One of the preliminary recommendations in this report is for a detailed program of reparations. Talk to me about what that means and what it would look like. Yes. So this report, you know, it essentially, you know, it marks the study phase, as I said. Um, so it, you know, catalogs the numerous harms against the African-American community and includes some preliminary recommendations that the state legislature can act on. But the next report that we're releasing, which will be the final report, which will be released next June and July of 2023, will um, comprise a section on compensation uh, will comprise a section on how we concluded who should be eligible for reparations. And then finally, it'll include the final recommendations for reparations for the African-American community. And it must, those recommendations must comport to human, international human rights law standards as outlined in AB 3121, which is the statute that was passed by Governor Gavin Newsom in 2020, that this task force scopes and powers are predicated on. And so the final report that's coming out next year will include those final reparations recommendations that will that must comport to human rights law standards, which means it will include recommendations 
that align with the five forms of reparations under international law, that being compensation, which is money, or then there's also restitution that accounts for stolen land, stolen intellectual property, stolen wealth, stolen opportunities. Then there's uh, rehabilitation that talks about, you know, maybe free lineage therapy for descendants of slaves, free health care, um, free legal and social services and things like that to satisfaction, which is a more symbolic forms of reparation. So for instance, in AB 3121, the state of California is required to formulate a formal apology for freed African slaves and their descendants. And the task force is tasked with helping to formulate that apology. And then lastly, the fifth form of reparations under international law, guarantees of non-repetition. You know, that is around having conversations as the task force. You know, what policies, what proposals can we enact to stop or cease the harm against the African-American community indefinitely? I've got to ask you, what do you say to people that are against the whole idea of reparations, right? Some have said, oh, this happened so long ago. How are we going to figure out who's going to get the money? Or what are people going to do with the money? Are they just going to buy clothes? You know what I mean? How, how do you respond to that kind of criticism? You no, know, I'll just say that, um, no, I'll just say, for instance, you know, Black Americans, and there's data and, stat, uh, and statistics to back this up. But with the little wealth and income that African Americans do have, um, the majority of the money that African Americans use is for necessities. It's for keeping the lights on. It's for paying rent. It's for, um, you know, just average necessities. Very little is on recreational use. And not that that should matter, right? Because when other groups of people who have been harmed have received reparations, no one necessarily asks them, you know, this paternalistic question of, well, can you handle the money and what you're going to do with it? So, you know, in the event that compensation is you know, given to the descendant community, I trust them to know what to do with the money. You know, it could be, you know, they could spend it on a business. They can buy a home. Um, they can support their family members. It, it's really up to them. And But I trust the African-American community has contributed to this country vastly since this country and that would only enhance and increase with reparations. So the recommendation, the recommendations in this report, are they something you are hoping to see the federal government do as well? Yes. So in this interim report that we just released contains a preliminary recommendation that's actually directed towards the Biden administration and the U.S. Congress, uh, which would be to establish a reparations commission, particularly for the African-American or American Freeman uh, community. So absolutely, um, you know, this effort, reparations, you know, is is a state effort insofar that the state has harmed the African-American community. But first and foremost, and primarily, it's a federal responsibility. So, you know, so goes California, so goes the nation. I hope the federal government is next. That was California Reparations Task Force Chair Camila Moore. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News.
Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.